Welcome, Whovians. This is Woke Doctor Who. This podcast is about race and representation in Doctor Who. If that's not where you're here, bye. But if you are here for passionate discussions about race, gender, sexual orientation, etc., then allons-y. If your kids are any younger than kind of teenaged, this is probably not the place for them. We're not promising to be tame in the future, you guys. Okay, so this is at least a PG-13 podcast. (laughs) At least. everybody this is Toya and And welcome back to woke doctor who this is our first episode post blurred con I think we're still coming down from the high of uh, co-hosting our very first panel we're so excited about that by the time you hear this episode you'll probably already have heard um, the recording of the panel that we did and we hope that you enjoyed it I really look forward to like doing panels Again, like I would love to do that again. It was really, really, it was really, really fun. It, it felt short. It, it felt did. Short. It, the time flew past. I think we had 50 minutes yeah. and it was like we were just really getting on our feet right. and, and rolling. And then it was time for question and answer. And then we had to leave. Yeah. But it was very, very fun. Blurred Con was amazing. Uh, it is such, it's such a gift. It's such a beauty to be in a space created by black people that centered black people, but is welcoming to nerds of all colors. Um, And that was very, it was very, very lovely just to see black people in cosplay was so great. Um, Doing a lot of everything, getting to sit in on some of the other panels, getting to see Estelle was cool. It was very cool. She did. She sang some of the Steven universe songs. So that was so cool. Yeah, so we had a we had a really great time, and my daughter went along as our assistant. She was our assistant. She was, she was a great assistant, yeah. uh, and you might see a little video blurb of us on our woke Doctor Who Instagram. <laughs> me and Sarah singing the end of Love on Top. <laughs> that was our celebration following. <laughs> yes, because that's how it sounded. Um, <laughs> I don't think Sarah was actually singing. I think I was singing and Sarah Sarah was like directing. But yes, it was celebratory following our panel. Um, So we had a great time um, at BlurCon. And so we if you are a nerd of color out there, we strongly encourage you to attend BlurCon next year. You will be glad you did. But now back to our regularly scheduled programming of podcasting <laughs> and talking about we're jumping back into talking about our first love, Doctor Who. Yes. And so this episode, we are going to talk about imperialism, Eugenia. All right. So um, fault listeners to our podcast have uh, heard me mention before that my family is from Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. So Hong Kong is a really interesting place because until 1997, um, it was actually a British colony. Um, and so like 
we went in 97 97 was the handover 1997 um, where we went back to china mm-hmm. um, and we came became thereafter a what is called a special administrative uh, administrative region of china so what that meant for hong kong was so hong kong was always it's always called like the jewel of asia because it's a port right mm-hmm. so there's a lot of money coming in and out of Hong Kong. Um, And so clearly, it was a property that China wanted back. Right. But what that means is that, like, Hong Kong went from being under British rule, under a monarchy, essentially, um, and under a parliament, Mm -hmm. to under communism. And so what China is, it's not what you would call strict communism. It's what's called capitalist communism. Okay. Um, And so... Like, to be uh, capitalists is to recognize the strategic value of Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. So since 97, so the the promise of going, the going back to China came with the promise that we would be able, we in in Hong Kong, would be able to elect our own representatives and basically run our own government as our own government. Well... That hasn't happened. And it's like the democracy in Hong Kong has slowly gotten eroded away to the point that there's a lot of fears at this point um, that uh, like there's just no going back to anything that would really count as a free election. Okay. So um, the uh, Hong Kong is essentially split into pro-democracy and pro-Beijing. Okay. Um, So right now, today, which is... July 7th, um, Hong Kong has been protesting... 27th. What did I say? 7th. Oh, yeah. July 27th. (laughs) Hong Kong has been protesting for over a month at this point. Wow. So we left... um, When did we leave? Sometime in early June. Oh, yeah. It was right before 6-4, which is the Tiananmen Square Mm -hmm. anniversary. So we left on 6-4. And so that night, there was a candlelight vigil for Tiananmen Square. Mm -hmm. Because those of you who don't know, Tiananmen Square was a a revolution vault that happened in 64 i think 1987 man i can't remember when the actual date was and it's known for the iconic image of a student standing in front of a chinese tank uh, mm-hmm. at, like with his arm out so um it's always been a symbol for China of pro-democracy. Um, and so China does not celebrate the anniversary of Tiananmen Square. But what we've seen is that the areas that are not part of China, that are either special administrative regions or never have been part of China, like Taiwan, celebrate and commemorate Tiananmen Square. So on 6-4, um, as we left on the plane back here, um, there was a candlelight vigil that started um, for uh, the Tiananmen. Mm -hmm. I think either the day after or the next day, China announced its, or Hong Kong announced a controversial extradition bill that would allow anyone who committed a crime in Hong Kong to be extradited to China. China is known for its human rights violations. Um, So 
as either I don't remember if it was the day after six four or the day after that that the protests started. Mm-hmm. And so if you go online now, you just look up Hong Kong, you're just seeing constant, constant protests. And it's been interesting being someone who is from there. So the reason I was there um, is my grandmother passed away, and she is kind of the last of our relatives that are actually living there yes so my uncle the entire time we were there kept saying it's the end of an era it's the end of an era and it's been very interesting after all of us left how true that's become yeah is that many people my age and younger in hong kong are raising up and um and protest um because the hong kong that they knew the hong kong with rights that they were that they'd come to um, prize that the generation before them had full um, rights to ex- execute on my generation and younger do not have those rights and they're slowly seeing those rights eroded away so um, so um, what this is um, especially watching from afar and knowing that I don't necessarily have the ties to Hong Kong that I do that I would have if my grandmother was still living if my great aunt was still living if a lot of my relatives that were living there still live there um, but it's been very interesting because for me I emphasize I empathize with um, the pro-democracy because yes. I'm from here right you know? and I remember what Hong Kong was like under British rule yeah. it wasn't great um, you know when it comes down to it anyone white or um, British was able to do anything and everything they wanted there it was kind of terrible mm. um, but going back has been very interesting so i've been back i think three times since the handover and every single time that hong kong has felt less and like less like the hong kong of Mm. my youth like Mm -hmm. i used to go back every year um and this time even before the protest started i was feeling it there like everyone was feeling really really frustrated Mm -hmm. and I could see that something it felt like something was going to happen with every little interaction with anyone Um, and so when the protest started I (laughs) wasn't exactly surprised but even though Britain is one of the last great empires in in this world um, you know Hong Kong enjoyed quite a lot of independence under them that they're seeing eroded away Mm. because what we're seeing is that the next rising empire is china Mm -hmm. um and it's pretty clear in the way that you're seeing them sort of gather territories to them um so hong kong went back in 97 and since then macau has gone back i don't remember exactly when and so we're seeing a lot of the regions around hong kong or around china Mm -hmm. become chinese again okay including um well and not even really including taiwan taiwan is always going to have its independence. And for me, my father actually was part of the, like many of my generation, um, like if our parents are from Taiwan, they fled to Taiwan on boats. Um, And my father's family, um, that's how they got to Taiwan. Um, They fled the communists to go to um, Taiwan on, Mm -hmm. on a boat, on boats. So... Taiwan has resisted this what is called a one China policy um, for 
like a very, very like since its existence. And it's been interesting to see the U.S., come down on the wrong side of that policy every t- every year, every time, except that this is, I won't even say that Trump did this right, mm-hmm. but because he did it out of utter ignorance, but he took a call from the Taiwanese president um, in, congratulating him on his win, mm-hmm. in quotes, of uh, the presidency, which is not done. Apparently, that's not what, presidents are supposed to do. I remember hearing about this. Yeah. Yeah. So like U.S. presidents are supposed to support the one China policy. He did not out of just pure, simple ignorance. Right. But it made a statement. And honestly, I agree. Like Taiwan is its own country, Mm. you know, and I, I really wish that Hong Kong could get there as well. But because of its strategic importance as a port, it's not going to. And that's tough because what you're seeing at this point is the Chinese empire getting its claws in and it's really really upsetting to see yeah Yeah. so yes that is that is my little spiel of like like seeing seeing like being from a country in quotes like having my family be from a country that has had not just one but two empires yeah like that were not of like that are not there yes yeah like take that territory has been really really weird i mean it's it's not weird has been really like upsetting and it's made me have to sit there and really think through what is my perspective on empires what is my expected perspective on imperialism like where am i in this because I'm one of those people whose family gets affected by it and has been affected by it. Yeah. So that, I mean, (laughs) that's a personal backstory for why talking about imperialism would be important to us and why we would want to discuss it in the context of Dr. Who, which as Eugenia, Eugenia told you at the beginning, she and I have decided is an inherently imperialistic show. Um, And one of the things that's always been so clear to me is that although the doctor is an alien, you know, he's a Gallifreyan, he's not literally from Great Britain or whatever, he is played by a British actor. Well, she is played by a British actor she. now. <laughs> the doctor is always played by a British actor. And so you have this hero or heroine, as the case may be, galloping to the rescue through all of time and space and basically waving the flag of Great Britain. I think it even comes up over and over again in the show how, you know, you have all of time and space and yet you somehow keep going back (laughs) to England. (laughs) You know, there is this great British hero who is galloping through the galaxy. Um, And so the doctor as the star of the show is the moral center, the moral compass of the show. And in that way, then England or Great Britain is positioning themselves as the great moral compass of the universe. Like that is what the doctor does. The doctor runs into situations all throughout time and space, takes kind of a picture of what's going on and then imposes 
the doctor's idea of what is the right thing to do here, either by interfering in what's happening, by getting rid of a a quote unquote alien race, doing away with monsters and so forth, and bringing rightness to a situation. And whatever rightness is, is always what the doctor wants right. to happen in right. the situation. It's almost like, should his little subtitle be the missionary, not yeah, the doctor? That's exactly it. That's exactly yeah. how it feels. It is, I am coming to you, to your place, which obviously is, you know, savage. Um, and I am imposing upon you the right way to do things. Right. I'm going to teach you the right way to do things. And the right way to do things is whatever I say. Right. Basically. And, you know, these aspects, they're not even that overt. They're baked right into yeah. the show. Yeah. They're baked right into the concept of the show. Because wherever they go, the TARDIS's universal translation mechanism kicks in. So they're all speaking Everybody's English. Speaking English. Yep. Um, and so that's, that's how convenient. And then, you know, we're always seeing that the doctor and his British, the British doctor and his British companion That's right. are always welcome anywhere. Yes. So what's the story behind that? That's saying that the British are welcome anywhere. Universal That's passport. Universal <laughs> passport. Universal language. Yep. And it's, you know, we love this show. Yes. And like, we love the actors, but we do. it has even like it. When you take a step back and take a look at it, it's really kind of upsetting. You're yes. like that you like what are you trying to say here? Well, we know what they're Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we yeah. know what they're trying to say. But yeah, I mean it really is you know, I talked to Eugenia earlier about what would it be like to be one of the monsters mm -hmm. or to be one of the alien races? Like how do they experience all of this, right? And I think it has even been brought up throughout the show that you know that there are monsters who basically tell stories of the doctor to scare their children you yeah. know they're the doctor is you know a a a villain to them right you know he's not a great conquering hero you are the one who came in and destroyed our way of life yeah and so yeah, the, the victor gets to write history, right? Mm -hmm. All of the time. And so you never hear from the ones who've been vanquished, from the ones who've been slaughtered, from the ones who've been silenced. And so these aliens, these quote unquote monsters, and basically what makes them monsters other than the fact that they're not on the doctor's side. Right. Um, these monsters would tell a completely different story if the microphone was handed over to them. Right. And they would not call the doctor somebody kind or gentle or peaceful. The doctor would then become the monster right. in those stories. And I've been there. Yeah. Um, so there's there are a couple little anecdotes that I have for yes. this. But I remember, um, I don't remember how old I was. It might have been when I was nine going back to Hong Kong. And of course, like I was a little older at that point. So I could remember what was happening. Um, and going on a bike ride around, I think, uh, which is like across the, the bay in uh, like, toward, like across uh, Kowloon Bay mm -hmm. um, and so um, 
we went on a bike ride around there and it was, you know, it was a nice day. It was fun. And at some point, like I was moving really slow and my mom with my mom and I hear my cousin, my female cousin, who I think is like three years younger than me, um, crying ahead of us because apparently these British boys mm. had barreled through on bikes and knocked her over. Mm. Um, and she was the youngest of all of us. Like she probably was like six or so. Um, and you know, they just didn't stop, didn't care, none of that. They just barreled through because they were given that universal passport right. um, for to do whatever the heck they wanted. And then um, I think even later that day, because Team Sanzo has a lot of um, like tourists there. Um, and so I think we'd gone to a Wendy's or a McDonald's or something and like, my aunt actually got shoved by like a young British guy as well, um, leaving, like just shoved right out of the way as she was trying to like move with her food because he was leaving. And so I remember these things. Yeah. And so like, you know, when we, whenever like we loved watching, like I always think about 10 and Rose just dashing out of everywhere going mm -hmm. like, you know, I got to get to the TARDIS, I got to save the world or whatever it is. And think about, you know, what it felt like to be in a place that was not the home of British people. Right. Where British people got a universal passport, got a universal li license to do whatever they wanted and being the ones that got shoved out of the way. That's right. And yeah. I think I think as uh, two people of color, we have intimate <laughs> knowledge of what that's like. Um, I think of so many stories of blackness against whiteness mm -hmm. here in our country and how the black people are always kind of positioned as the bad ones, the villainous ones, um, and that the white folks were justified in whatever they did. Like even when we talk about things like Nat Turner's revolt, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and it's invariably somebody will say things like, little babies were killed in that you know these black people rose up to fight slavery and they killed like they slaughtered people and all i think to myself is am i supposed to feel sorry for any white folks who might have gotten killed during a slave revolt i'm supposed to feel sorry for them how in the world are they the victims and not the enslaved people mm -hmm. um but there's always the inherent rightness of whiteness. Mm -hmm. And so it is always a presumption of innocence or good intentions or well-meaning being given to white folks. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is something that we see in Doctor Who. Like yeah the doctor is always presumed to be the one who's doing the right thing. He's always presumed to be innocent. He always pre is presumed to have the best of intentions so that even when things go awry, it's not because the doctor was bad or mm -hmm. not because the doctor made a wrong choice. You know, it's always, it's an accident. It's a mistake. It is not, the doctor is never at fault. Mm -hmm. um, and that is something that, I've always been familiar with when it comes to white folks. And so, yes, if something happens wrong between me and them, it's always going to be an issue. And so I even think of <laughs> an episode that I had at work. And so black women, we always talk about, 
the issues that we have with our hair Mm -hmm. and with white people and most particularly white women touching it all of the time. That could be an entirely separate topic that we might talk about at some point. But suffice it to say, that is always an issue that we experience. And at work, there was a woman who was fascinated with my hair and she would always touch it and at the time I had locks and my locks were very long and they came almost to my waist and she would lift them and kind of like run them through her fingers and like then let them drop back down to my body so not only are you touching my hair but in several instances she was actually like touching my body like Mm -hmm. my shoulder or my back or something as she was lifting my hair from me And I had asked her many, many occasions not to do it. So, and politely in the beginning, you know, please don't touch my hair or um, I have an issue with people touching my hair. It makes me uncomfortable. Please don't do that. So we'd had that conversation several times. And I don't know what happened to me one day, but she reached her hand out to touch my hair again. And my arm shot up and I grabbed her by her hand and I started to squeeze and she goes ow 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 you're hurting me and so I let go of her hand and I was like I told you not to touch me and I'm not going to tell you again the next time you touch me I'm going to make an official report against you for assault because now you have touched me without my you know without my permission yeah And she said to me, you hurt my feelings. So all of a sudden, she was the victim in this (laughs) situation. You know, I'm being touched without my consent, not once, but multiple times over the course of years. We worked together for years. And yet me saying to her, you touching me is unwanted and I'm going to go to people in power about that. I'm going to go to management it hurt her feelings and she burst into tears. And in that situation, management said, you know, well, Toya, she doesn't feel comfortable working with you anymore. I was positioned as the villain Mm. in this interaction that I had made her uncomfortable to the point where she felt like she could not perform her official work duties in my company. And I think I was supposed to feel reprimanded by that. (laughs) I actually started to laugh and said, good, because if she doesn't want to work with me, then that means she won't have an opportunity to touch me. Great. I'm glad. And, you know, I work in a position where, you know, of course, there are levels, there are grades or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was higher in the echelon (gasps) than she was. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And so even then I said, I'm not going to need her for anything. (laughs) She's going to need me. At -hmm. some point, she's going to want to work on a project that I'm leading. And she's going to have to grovel to get added onto my project. Because if you can't keep your hands to yourself, and if you're going to feel uncomfortable at me telling you something as basic as that, then I absolutely can't trust Mm -hmm. that you're going to carry out any of the tasks necessary to complete a project. And so, no... She doesn't have to say that she's uncomfortable working with me. She won't Mm -hmm. be working with me. Mm -hmm. But even in that situation, you see how the person, me, who was literally being assaulted, Mm -hmm. 
is made the villain yeah. because there's the presumption of innocence on behalf of the white woman. Yep. There's the presumption that she didn't mean anything by it. Mm-hmm. Weaponized white tears at all the time. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's been interesting. It it almost kind of casts people characters mm. like rose mm-hmm. into a certain kind of light yes it does. you know because how often did she cry on behalf of people in the show no and it's funny because it actually makes me think a little bit of um one of my favorite episodes midnight mm. where you know they take that little bus or whatever yes. out to see the diamonds and all of these things which were told like this is a perfectly safe place for us to have set up this leisure, leisure palace yes. at you know, it's fine. Right. It's totally fine. Well, you know, it seems like that little shadow creature was pretty comfortable among those diamond things. Mm-hmm. You might even say that they were a native. Yes. You know, where a resort company or some sort of hospitality company moved in and said, hey, let's take this place because mm-hmm. there's nobody here and set up a freaking leisure palace. Yes. Said, let's cut that out if that's not okay. <laughs> A leisure palace. A leisure palace. Well, I said... Oh, frickin'? Yeah, frickin's fine, Oh, right? my God. <laughs> <laughs> this came up in our panel, like, how actually filthy-mouthed I am. Like, I'm a cursor and how we try not to cuss on yeah. this podcast. So, I guess that's I not cursing. I think frickin' cursing. is okay, fine. Good. I don't think that counts. It better be fine. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, like, you know, I'm sure that there was someone there yeah. that could have had issue with it that's mm. a native. And so, now we're seeing a native um, fighting against invaders yes. in the place that they are from yes. being cast as the villain. Yeah. And then they're the, the monsters are dying. Right. right. They're the monster. Mm-hmm. And it's, so how is this the monster? If what you did is come in and ruin their home. Right. You know, but because again, the presumption is we weren't doing anything wrong. We didn't mean anything bad. We weren't malicious. We're just trying to have some fun then the thing that is defending its home is the monster. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like that happens over and over and over throughout (laughs) throughout the series. You know, we can think of that over and over and over that, that there are ways that these alien races are basically defending themselves Mm -hmm. against what they see as invasion. And yet because they're trying to harm the doctor or the doctor's friends, then they are monsters and should be put down basically. Yeah. You know? Um, And so I don't know why we see the doctor as such a peaceful character. You know, we talk about how the doctor's quote unquote weapon is a sonic screwdriver. So, you know, he wants to fix things. He doesn't want to destroy things, but that's not true. Like the doctor is set on destroying some things like the doctor wants to destroy the doubt da- the daleks right like you know that i want to wipe this thing not off the face of the planet like out of the universe i want it to cease to exist mm-hmm. these things yeah and a lot of it is cast as because he knows better yes he knows because better than them clever yes. yes that's right yeah i mean and he's even taken like he's he's stolen history from people Mm -hmm. so like another example another episode where he did this to humans yes was the waters of mars episode yes where he stole a legacy Mm -hmm. he stole 
is he stole that woman's death yes. for one thing and then he stole what was the legacy of humans yes. going into space yes. yeah. because he thought he could do what he wanted yes yeah. and this is a thing right imperialism is a concept that actions in it may be good or bad mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so like as an example when you use hong kong as an example we're looking at uh so one of the things that happened uh in the last few weeks was um a bunch of young protesters um broke into a legislative house in hong kong and spray painted over the the hong kong like emblem of the mm. balkania um flower symbol and hung the old british flag mm. for hong kong and because many people are looking at what was the waning years of British imperialism and seeing that many people, many Hong Kongers, um, and seeing that that's way better than what we're expecting with, with China, mm. you know, and what we're seeing already with China. And so, like, you know, where the doctor was coming from, where the agent of imperialism in this sense was coming from was, look, I can save everyone because I have the power to. Yeah. And... It might not be the right thing, even if it's kindly meant in quotes. And so, like, yes, there is such a thing as what, like, benevolent dictatorship. Yeah. There is such a thing. And, you know, it's still not good because it's still a dictatorship. Right. It's still a dictatorship. Um, I, I think about, like, what, how... What kind of position is that to be in to have to choose basically between one imperial power or the other? Yeah. You know, when you talk about Hong Kong and, you know, the idea of saying it was better under British rule. <laughs> you know, of course, nobody can say that it's good, you know, to have to live under an imperial po power. But then you're doing kind of the pros and cons right. you know but yeah that's a whole side topic but it's just it's interesting to me to think about right you know what do you do if you are a subjugated people yeah and you can't see a way out of that and so it's you know you have to choose yeah. the lesser of two evils yeah, and basically so, right the waning years of an, imp an empire are better than yes. the waxing years of another yes worse exactly empire. exactly uh, uh, all right <laughs> it's like focusing back on doctor who but yes. that 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 did come up as like a kind of an interesting thing um actually like that that is interesting for me as an African-American, right? And so you think about, you know, the devil, you know, basically mm -hmm. the way they say it. And so here in America, you know, we are kind of living, like black people in America are kind of living under this imperial yep. power, right? And so for eight years, we felt better about yeah. it because we had a black president, right? But even in thinking about him and thinking about President Obama, he did things as a president, as the president of this country that I would never have agreed with, right? That I think many black people would not have agreed with. And yet you feel like, okay, but this is better mm -hmm. at least because at least this is a person who looks like me and maybe means well for me 
But if we're living in this country, whoever is in power in the Oval Office is going to do some pretty grimy things like that, like the presidential office just kind of calls for griminess, right? Um, For lack of a better term. And so Democrat or Republican, they're both going to do some stuff that is going to look gross and is going to be at the detriment of people who are not Americans, right? right? So we're going to go to war against other people, people who are innocents. We are going to interfere in governments across the world and cause conflama that can lead to even further awful things. Um, and basically you are choosing the lesser or at least what you think would be the lesser of two evils. Right. Um, and so, yeah, like as a, as a black person, as a liberal person, I'm often thinking to myself, like none of this, none of this is going to make me happy. Right. And I'm going to just have to pick a person that I think is going to do the least amount of damage, not only to the United States, but to the world. Right. You know, um, because the United States itself is an imperial power. It is. It's yeah. definitely. Um, and it's an interesting kind of imperialism because it's sought. I think I've always thought that the biggest export of the U.S. was um, Hollywood, mm. you know, and so it's almost kind of like it's a it's a representative imperialism, yeah. Yeah. and so it's just like, look, don't you want to be like us? We look like Kardashians or mm-hmm. something, or something. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what the Kardashians like. Right. I don't even know how to categorize. Like the Kardashians don't even look like Kardashians anymore, <laughs> but that's why. <laughs> You know, and so like we're still seeing that around the world, you know, and it's interesting because um, there's outright imperialists Mm -hmm. or empires Mm -hmm. and there's this other kind of empire and neither are good. No, no, neither (laughs) is good because basically what we are positioning ourselves as, as again, we know best. And so, you know. Our export is democracy, oh, right? Yeah. Like we're carrying in, in democracy. Big old letters. Yes, like democracy on a banner. Uh-huh. Like we're carrying democracy into the world uh-huh. because if it works best here, it must be the best thing for everybody throughout the globe. And so we're gonna go and we're gonna impose democracy all over the world. <laughs> um and the the as as we say, the gag is, right? Democracy ain't working that great here right because honestly we don't live in a democracy anyway we live in a republic which Mm -hmm. is different right but even fine even among even here in the united states where we're supposed to have representation where we're supposed to everybody's vote should count Mm -hmm. um and everybody is being looked out for and represented here we know as American citizens that that's not what what's happening and we know as American citizens of color so we live in the communities where people are not being represented people are not being cared for people's votes are not counting Mm -hmm. and that's being done purposefully yep you know within the confines of what we call a democracy and yet that is our great product (laughs) for the world that we can't even get right here you know where we have a sitting president who lost yeah the public vote Mm -hmm. right and yet 
is in power right mm-hmm. now because of the electoral college. I mean, it's a whole thing, but what we, we, <laughs> we know how he got in power. Everybody knows. But the point is that he literally lost the vote count and not by a little bit, by quite a lot. I think it was the largest like, margin in history. Right? And yet he's still the president. And so it really feels like he was imposed upon mm-hmm. us, right? Like we now are suffering <laughs> for lack of a better term. No, that there is no better term. We are yes, suffering. We're suffering. We're suffering under the rule of somebody who was imposed upon us. Mm-hmm. How is that better than a monarchy? Right. Or a dictatorship? And this is something I've been wishing for for a long time is that I wish the U.S. had a real monarchy because then we could stop with all of this pretense, you know, because like, (laughs) honestly, looking at the Trumps, looking at the Kardashians, looking at the Kennedys, Mm. that's what they were trying to be. Mm. And wouldn't it be nice if we'd had like a God given monarch and I'm doing the hand quotes, (laughs) finger quotes right now, um, that was appointed by deity. Mm. (laughs) And that nobody could ever touch that. So you could hang out with it, maybe, if you were good enough to get invited. But you couldn't touch that. Yeah. And then we we do governing separate. Mm. There we, we take into account their vision. Mm-hmm. But we do governing separate. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? Well, hey, isn't that what they're doing in Great Britain? Like, it they is. have their monarchy, well, and, and then they the have, problems. like, right, yeah. there you go. We see but, the I mean, there. I'm not sure, that, I'm not so sure that that ain't what's happening here. Right. Especially if you talk to um, conservative or evangelical Christians who absolutely think that the reason why Trump is the president is because that's what God yeah, wanted. Yeah, he was the anointed, he anoint, was the anointed anoint leader, leader. Yeah, of this country. And so, like... What kind of God you know <laughs> who would have picked Donald Trump as the president? Like, I think his name begins with S. <laughs> it's, it's, it's seriously no God I follow. Yeah. So like, well, and neither, I don't neither follow of any us, God. Right. So, so Eugene ain't following no God, so it don't even matter. <laughs> and the gods that I, gods, that I follow and worship and associate myself with ain't got nothing to do with none of the junk that's happening in the White House. And so this God that these people follow, who they swear has anointed Trump to sit in the White House is, yeah, what is the difference between that and monarchy? Mm-hmm. How is that democracy if in the end God is going to pick yeah whoever's in charge anyway then we're like this is a theocracy yeah like like god is the head of the government Mm -hmm. and the rest of us are just kind of puppets and i think that's what these like that population wants is right that's exactly right i always so is, is god a democrat or a republican because if god intended for trump to be president then it did he intend for barack to be president for eight years Mm -hmm. So does God, maybe God is a registered independent. (laughs) The worst kind. You know, wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have just two parties? (laughs) Just saying, I really, you know, so I found out, like I used to have uh, British co-workers and I found out that there's such a thing called the Monster Raving Looney Party um, in the UK. The Monster Raving Looney? they are an established political party and they always stand up a candidate for MP, you know, because there at parliament everyone gets a seat at the table in quotes yeah 
Um, I don't really feel like that's the case here in the U.S. No, of course like, not. We, we have like our like we do have other parties but like green party but quotes. everybody knows nobody's ever going to become the president right. who isn't a democrat or a republican right, like exactly. those two established yeah. parties are the ones who are going to go to yeah. the, the distance right so monster raving loony party is, is where my mind is monster at. raving loony party 2020 <laughs> <laughs> like i wonder who would be in the monster raving loony like it would be me and eugenia basically yeah. like woo. we're it <laughs> like woo woo <laughs> And Sarai, who's not old enough to vote. Yes. Like, unfortunately, oh. she says. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm i not sure that, like, we think of ourselves, um, Americans, as having some kind of, you know, moral rightness because mm-hmm. we are the ones who um, believe in democracy. Right. And yet I'm not sure how the things that we have are better. Right. Really. Um and how they're any different if we're at a point where we are assuming that God is in control of who wins our elections. I'm not sure how we're doing any better than anybody right. else. And there's always like an implicit like like rebuttal to stu- like mm. to statements like that of like, well, go try living in another country and yeah. see how it is. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that that would be the case for anyone that things yeah. somewhere else are better and or worse in yep. different ways. You know, and so... Um, you know, my one feedback to Doctor Who mm. is that there's no one right way. Right. And there's no one best way. Yes. You know, and I think that um, I love that we've seen little pieces of that come out in the show. Mm-hmm. I just wish it would get there faster, you know. Yes. And I even think of like, I know we 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 thoroughly panned the Rosa episode. Yes. But I do think that at a certain point, the decision to not step in yes. and to not interfere was a very important one. It was one. an important one. And I think it was unprecedented in the show. Yes. I think that every single time the show and the doctor have opted to interfere. Yes. And that's, it's not welcome in, yes. in a lot of cases. And it's been very interesting too to see um, certain aspects of this past season sort of touch in, touch on the effects of that interference, yes. you know, yeah. with Tim Shaw getting sent to, to like, what is it? All powerful beings as a result of like, you know, getting kicked out of earth by the doctor, mm-hmm. like, Okay, so your interference there, doctor, dear doctor, yep. was the worst possible thing that could happen. Because yes. now all these planets are gone. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Thank you, doctor. Yeah, I, I, I think we were talking earlier where I said, I feel like this go round uh, with the doctor, this iteration of the doctor, um, it feels like, yeah, we're now discussing imperialism, yep. you know, both literally and figuratively. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when we... Um, the one episode, oh, Demons of the Punjab. Oh, yeah, yeah. Demons yeah, of the Punjab. like we're literally talking about yep. imperialism. Like right. that entire episode was about it. Yep. And so I felt like it was the first time and where we where they weren't just kind of pussyfooting around the subject where it literally was right up front. Like this is what happens to not not just countries, but to people. Yep. This is what happens to families Mm -hmm. under imperialism Mm -hmm. and so like that feels very important like maybe now as we go into a more diverse representation of the hooniverse in general 
we're going to start talking about that, yeah. you know, and we have we talked about in the case of the Rosa episode and, and in other places, too, I think. But we talked we've talked a lot about um, Great Britain being willing to sweep its own yard yeah. and to really look at itself um, and stop framing racism through the lens of that's the stuff that happens in America mm-hmm. or you know these are the things that happened in the past they're not happening right now and I'm hoping that this is going to be kind of a new a new willingness to delve into the very present issues that are happening in Great Britain and maybe they will start really digging into stuff like this yeah. about how what England and all of its associated entities, what they have done to the world and how you've shaped the world and how you are the villain (laughs) in a lot of these circumstances. I'm hoping that this is something that they're literally going to take on and be serious about. And it's been very interesting too, to see how provocative um, that demons of the Punjab episode Mm -hmm. was like this is historical fact. Yes. It is absolutely historical fact that families got divided. That's right. That loved ones got killed. That's right. That on this line, like this line went straight down the middle of hearts even, you know? And that's that's so important to to have on this show because without this show, like saying this outright, many people would never even consider that. Yeah. And that's like, it makes me, it's so funny having seen the backlash against Demons of the Punjab going, this is not the realm of the show. I'm like, what is? So all of the issues that I've had with this show from its very beginning from, oh God, I can't remember. I think it was something like four, four ways to doomsday, doomsday or something like that, which is possibly the most racist episode of this show that Mm. I've ever ever seen i forget the name of it i think it was during uh peter davison's uh mm. run on the doctor it was so racist um like everything even from the reboot on all the bad if if i had to take the bad to get to De- demons of the punjab i'm glad that they yeah. happened yeah. you know like if we had to go through all of that through all the half half stated messages of Mm -hmm. hey the doctor maybe shouldn't interfere with some of these things hey maybe it's not good um for us to build a leisure palace and like take over a native per a native uh entity's homeland like you know all of the messages that messages that they almost said Mm -hmm. that kind of got into the people who were listening like it's been a slow progression but then we finally got it right yeah. out in the open with Demons of the Punjab. And it was beautiful. It was It was beautifully beautiful. done, you know. It, it's still both of, like, it's our favorite episode of this past season because it was so beautifully done. And because finally you're facing who you, like, what you are and who you are. Um, and to see the doctor travel through that too so basically the doctor has evolved you know every version of the doctor has evolved and to see this doctor say sometimes we don't interfere sometimes Mm -hmm. we don't mess with things sometimes things just have to happen the way they happened um sometimes we just have to stand and bear witness yeah like it's not we we can't make it better yeah it's done harm has happened and the best thing you can do in these instances is just bear witness 
to the people who have suffered as a result. Yeah. Like there's something very beautiful in saying, I just want to witness this human being and what has happened to right. them. Like you cannot always gallop to the rescue. You can't always be the hero. Sometimes you just have to say, I want to bear witness to your suffering. And I want to say that, yes, I see this happening and it was wrong. It was something harmful that happened to you. Like that's really, I think that's really what's called for now. Like there was a time when that's what we wanted from the doctor, right? right. To be the conquering hero and to be the one who came and set everything right. And maybe we're just now in a world where we just want the doctor to say, I see. Mm -hmm. I see what's happening to you. And I believe that it happened. And I agree that it was a horrible thing. Yeah. You know, maybe that's the doctor we're calling for now. And, you know, you know? I think that message, even like seeing what's going on in the world today yeah. in Hong Kong here, like, I think that message is welcome. Yeah. I think that 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 probably is what we need yeah. right now. Like, if you want if you want to be the moral compass of the universe, maybe the moral compass of the universe is just saying, you know, I will stand here with you, you know, while you go through. Yeah. So maybe that's what we need. Yeah. From the doctor. In I think that's what we need from all. <laughs> that's what we need from all of all us. All really. of us. All well-meaning people yes. out there. And even the bad meaning people. Is that an actual thing? A not well-meaning people? Ill-meaning. Ill-meaning. <laughs> Ill-meaning people. The bad meaning. Just, just. <laughs> Stand by and just be there. Yeah, like, yeah. just bear witness. Yeah, please. Bear witness to people's pain. Yeah. All right. Is that it? I think so. Okay. So I think we have addressed imperialism as well as we're going to, at least in this episode. So, you know, I don't really want to go. Wait, wait, wait. We have to do our little things. Oh, spiel. That's spiel. right. That's right. That's we right. We keep okay. trying to remind ourselves. Yes, we, we always forget. Okay. So, <laughs> we do this podcast for you, our fellow Whovians and nerds of color. Yay! And so we want you to be part of the conversation too. Please do talk to us. You can find us on Twitter at Woke Doctor Who. You can email us at woke.dr.who at gmail.com. So we'll say that again, woke.dr.who at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram. We are great on Instagram <laughs> when we remember to post. <laughs> when we remember to post. But we are, we're accessible. So please do reach out to us. Please talk to us. We do talk back. Yes. And if you would like, we are, our podcast is available on in, uh, on iTunes yes. and Spotify and now. Spotify. Um, if you would like, feel free to leave us a nice review on iTunes. Five stars. Five stars, We appreciate please. five star reviews. Five stars, please. And pass, <laughs> pass the word about us um to all of your friends who you are who are whovians who are nerds who are people of color who are folks who like to hear two people's voices whatever podcast <laughs> enthusiasts please i just do. like two i people just like talking. two people talking um but yes do pass the word about woke doctor who we would love to add more people to the conversation and we would love to be a part of yours. So we hope to hear from you soon. Yes. Okay, so we did it. We did it. And Yay. so now we don't want to go. We don't want to go. But we'll we have to. to. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.